What's up, everybody? This is Connor Allen, sports betting and high six manager at 4 for 4. Joining me today for another special FFPC playoff challenge show is John Paulson, man behind all of our projections, one of the godfathers of 4 for 4. Paulson, Packers not only won outright, they dominated the Dallas Cowboys. You get to clown our CEO, Reed. You get to clown your frenemy, Ryan Noonan. I mean, was this like the best week of your life or what? It was pretty. It was pretty great. Uh, sitting there watching the game with my wife, just as things were unfolding in the first half, we we're just looking at each other like, you know, you 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 if, as as a fan of a team that really doesn't have much expectations in a particular game, going in and playing a, a team that's won sixteen straight at home, you're just hoping that you don't get embarrassed. And we went from that to we're gonna win this, and then we went to we're not just gonna win it, we're gonna beat them by twenty. So it was a lot of disbelief and, you know, a couple of hairy moments at the end when they pulled the starters, maybe a little early. Um, but uh, it got a little scary. I've, I've, I lived through the, the Seattle game uh, in the playoffs when they were uh, ready to go to the Super Bowl and everything that went wrong, everything that could go wrong went wrong. So yeah. I was like, don't pull your, don't pull your starters with five and a half minutes left. Don't, don't do that. But they, no, they it's it out. crazy. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, I can't believe that. They pulled their starters so early, but it, what, when I knew the game was over was when I think it was maybe in the early third quarter when the Packers were like, all right, you know, we're having a lot of success running the ball. Um, we're just going to load up 12 personnel and just run the ball down their throats. And Dallas just like, you know, they had no answer. Like they didn't load the box. They were not trying to like put in their big guys. They were just like, oh, you know what? We're just going to play like how we normally do, which in my mind is a massive red flag for, for this Cowboys team. And, you know, like, for that point, I'm like, oh, this is over. Like, you know, if they're able to run the ball, like the Cowboys have no shot of coming back too. Because like you said, you brought it up on the show last week, Joe Barry's defense shows up in random moments and they did good enough for, you know, at least the first half uh, for long enough to give the Packers the win, right? Yeah, the turnovers were, the interceptions were huge. Uh, you know, to flip the, flip the, steal a possession, flip the, uh, the field position and uh, the Jair's interception was in, incredible uh and yeah nice to see him out there hopefully he can play this week but we'll we'll talk about uh, that matchup here i'm sure in the next hour yep yeah 100 and before we dive in just want to remind everyone if your fantasy football season is over we are still doing betting content still doing dfs content all of my player prop bets all of tj's dfs work newton's tackle props uh you can get in the action it's just like 20 bucks from now to the super bowl you know, even people betting a couple bucks, I'm sure you'll make more than that. Uh, just hanging out in the Discord. So definitely will be worth it. Plus, you get to, you know, have access to us whenever you want in our Discord. Go to 444.com slash plans and you can find us there. So before we dive into our strategy this week, I think we should recap our teams from last week. Maybe look at like some of our things we got right, some of the stuff that we got wrong. Um, and I'll let you kick it off here if you want to look at, you know, I guess you did one team. I did two teams. Um, I didn't end up doing any more. And I'm kind of happy for that because... Well, I don't know, actually. I felt, we, I felt pretty strong about some of the takes we had, but I played a couple of things pretty wrong. But I think your biggest play and your biggest uh, you know, flag plant was playing Aaron Jones uh, in this game. And I think it's giving you massive leverage on your team. Yeah, I would really be sitting pretty if I had made one other decision. We talked we talked briefly about it in Slack. But I, I have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, McCaffrey and Pacheco at running back, Lamb and Nico Collins at receiver, Jones at flex with Cook, uh, James Cook, Cooper Cup, I'm on Ross St. Brown, David Njoku at tight end, uh, Jake Elliott at, at kicker, and then Tampa Bay defense. And I really, I saw faded both both teams in that one game, and I, it's very uh, probably not recommended. But I just could not bring myself to 
bench any of my skill players uh, for a player in that game because I have so low confidence in them winning a second game. I guess that was my reasoning on it. But I had, at, for part of the week, I had Puka Nakua in, instead of Cooper Cup, and then I pulled the splits with the two of them playing together, and they were pretty close. I mean, Cup had been right there with Puka uh, for for the stretch that he was healthy, and uh, it uh, you know I thought maybe it was a leverage play, and if I had played Puka, I think I'd be really sitting pretty uh, in this one. But what do you you know? What do you think my chances are of uh, having a decent finish with this uh, with this lineup at this point? Yeah, I think it's pretty strong. And what what place are you in right now? Do you know off the top? Because I'm starting to look through. 2,500, something like that. Oh, 2,500. Okay, wow. So yeah, yeah. both of my teams are ahead of yours, actually. So this wow. is interesting. So I have a team that's in 323rd, um, which is pretty wild. I went with, I honestly don't even remember this. I have Puka in this lineup. So that's massive. Um, I have Josh Allen, McCaffrey, Pacheco, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ra, Puka, Amari, dead obviously that stinks Tyreek Hill also dead but I have Nico and then Dallas Goddard also dead uh Justin Tucker I went with the Baltimore fade I put Justin Tucker instead of any of the Baltimore players so uh and then Tampa Bay defense so it's one of those things where I went super risky I probably didn't need to we talked about in the last show you know there's only I think what was 7,800 people total in the contest but you know so far it can work I think that I was in a pretty similar spot when me and uh, Pano won this thing a while ago, and we just had a couple of different pivots uh, with Raheem Mostert over George Kittle a couple of years ago. But I don't know. You know, I mean, I probably have too many dead players to actually win. I think I like your lineups. It's is better, uh, you know, kind of going forward here, especially with the Baltimore game. I think the Baltimore's game is going to be a big decision point for us. Um, we'll talk about it here a little bit more. I mean, anything else, you know, you kind of learned from last round or something that you want to carry over to this one, or do you want to uh, kind of dive into the team by team? Stuff? Let's just go ahead and dive in. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so real quick off the top here, how this is different from the last round. You start only eight players, so you get one from each team, and no kickers, no defenses. So one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and two flexes. Honestly, I like this way better than the last one. Hate kickers, hate defenses, hate having to choose which teams to fade, especially with so many teams in the close spread. Sorry, you got something to add here? I just want – this is the one – this is the actual challenge that you won before it was yeah it was the, the playoff uh, challenge too okay yep yeah this is the playoff challenge that um Pano and i won uh, a couple of years ago in the playoffs and i don't know i i maybe it's just uh the kicker defense thing throwing me off but i haven't had a ton <laughs> of luck in the in the first rounds and then the second rounds i usually do pretty well um we got some to push back in the chat here no kickers that's that's bs <laughs> uh from jeff i know jeff's a big kicker guy and then jen say said she faded green bay uh, you know, never fade Paulson. You know, I think that's kind of yeah. kind of the rule here, especially know. with Green Bay. You know, um, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to fade Green Bay. So it, it was that was a tough call. But I thought Aaron Jones had a chance to have a big game, and then also they had a chance to win that one, which they did. So happy about that. We'll see how it goes. Awesome. Yeah. So I think let's let's start with that game. So let's start with the 49ers. I think last week we talked about on the show how we were basically just like lock buttoning CMC. I kind of think that's still the same here. Do you have, you have anything else to change? I mean, Kittle, the matchup. So I will say, I want to add here real quick, the Packers, something the Cowboys did not take advantage of and they started to in the second half is passes on first down against the Packers. Against the Packer, against passes on first down, the Packers are 26th in success rate, 28th in yards per play. They're out, you know, allowing a ton of yards on first down and passes. And a lot of this is because they don't really shift their scheme. So it's like, you know, they play the run on first down and they play the pass second, third down. And we're looking at a spot here where 
49ers lead the league in passing yards on first down. They lead the league 11.1 yards per attempt on first down. Um, like it matches up perfectly that if Shanahan is wants to emphasize this edge, I think they'll be able to and have success passing the ball. And the Packers have really struggled to defend over the ball over the middle. And I think that matters too for this 49ers team with Debo, CMC, Kittle, who are all very capable of eating over the middle. So, you know, I'm not definitely not counting the Packers out. I think they'll be able to score on their own end, which we'll get to in a second. But it this matchup, I guess, specifically makes me more somewhat more interested, in maybe playing like a Kittle for some reason instead of CMC. But um, I'm curious where your head's at here. I guess it's still like almost all CMC, I would say, but uh, I don't know. I can consider playing someone else. I think it, it wouldn't it come down to how far you think San Francisco is going to go. Do you think they're going to win the game? Are they going to play the three games? Uh, because, you know, if you're taking a Kittle or a Debo or something, maybe you're thinking one or two games because, you know, really likely that CMC is going to outscore everybody on this team if he plays three games, I would think, right? Yeah, that's that's the issue that you that's run into. It's thing. like, could Kittle, could IU, could Debo outscore CMC in a one-game sample? 100%. But with all of them three being healthy, we've noticed, like, I mean, I would say volatile production from all of them, right? So I guess that's a good point that, like, over a three-game sample, I mean, the odds of any of them outscoring CMC over that sample is, I don't know, really slim, I would say. But if you want to take a stand, if you think San Francisco's vulnerable either in this game or in the next game, it might make sense to, to go with one of these other players because uh... – you know, maybe in a in a one or two game sample, they'll they'll pay off. Yeah, I think kind of given we're looking at with the NFC landscape here, with the Packers beating the Cowboys, with the Bucks beating uh, the Eagles, and with the Lions winning. I mean, the Lions, in my mind, are the second best team here left, and I still think the Niners are a good bit better than than this uh, Lions team. And I also think that I was talking about this on another show. If the if the Bucks somehow beat the Lions, which I actually think that they match up, you know, relatively well, all things considered. I mean, the Niners might be like. 13 point favorites at home against the Bucks. Uh, I mean, which again just screams more CMC. It's that would be pretty wild. So I think we, we probably have come to a conclusion here. It's probably CMC for the Niners. Uh, let's move over to your Packers, though. Are you smashing Aaron Jones again? Any interest in you know, Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed? How are you approaching it? I would go with Jones because I, you know, I disagree with you a little bit. I think the Packers right now are playing at a higher level than the Lions, and they've already went into Detroit and beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. And I think if they are able to somehow win this game, uh, they're have a pretty good shot at making the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with the player I think that has the best chance of you know scoring the most points on this team in three games. You know, you could argue that that should be Jordan Love, but I don't feel strongly enough about them beating uh the 49ers to to use him as my quarterback. So definitely Jones for me. Uh the the tough thing about the Packers is is you know using any of these other players is that you don't know which receiver is going to show up in any given week. I mean they've it's like whack-a-mole. Uh and I think we're going to get to a prize picks play where you're you're liking one of the other receivers to bounce back from a from a quiet game against uh, Dallas. I agree with that. That uh, you know, it, it's hard to predict which which one of these receivers. And certainly, in a three game sample, it's really hard to see any of them uh, outscoring Jones, given that the Packers are finally using Jones the way fantasy managers want them to use him during the regular season. But they they don't do it because they don't want it. they want to keep him healthy and they want to save him for moments like this where you know they need him for twenty. You know, plus carries or twenty plus touches at least, uh, and I think this is a decent matchup for him. I don't think the 49ers defense is quite as good as people think. Maybe there's a couple of vulnerabilities there, and uh, I think he can get there through uh, the air as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jones in this one. Uh, I think he's a pretty clear pick as well. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We said the 49ers run defense is, I think, 20th in rushing success rate at this point, which is not very good. You know, the Cowboys entering last week were dead last in rushing success rate allowed. But, uh, you know, I had a little bit more faith that they'd figure something out. They did not figure anything out. In fact, they just played right into the Packers' hands. This week is interesting because we saw the Packers last week go heavy 12 personnel, which is, you know, two wide receivers. Um, and they're played a little bit heavier sets with more tight ends. They absolutely dominated the Cowboys. Now, against 12 personnel, the 49ers run defense has been very good. So they're like top five in basically every metric. And I think that that's an important distinction that if the Packers are able to get going, it's just probably not going to look the same on the ground as it did in previous weeks. But that being said, as you mentioned, Aaron Jones' role is awesome. He's seeing a ton of work in the passing game. He has massive touchdown equity if they get near the goal line, which, I, you know, I think they will. Like, you know, I think it's, it's going to look different, but I think they will get close to the goal line. So... He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to catch passes. And that's a, a massive thing for fantasy, obviously, here. So it's it's tough to not put him in there. If you do go elsewhere, I think you can make a case for a guy like Jaden Reed. We you know talked about there uh, a little bit with, with a guy who could bounce back with 12 personnel. Jaden Reed almost always plays in the slot. You know, If you have two wide receivers on the field, there's no slot receiver. They haven't really transitioned him to a full-time outside receiver. So even though he's super talented, um, I think he sees a little bit more run in this game. I think that would be kind of be my leverage play here potentially. Um, I haven't seen any ownership projections, by the way. Have you have you looked at anything? I, I tried looking, and I guess no one cares There's anymore. There's no, still no money to be anymore. made. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, saw, I, mean, I saw somebody ask Pat uh, Crane if he was going to do him. He's like, no, I usually only do it the one week. So that's we have to kind of go off of that. I think maybe the actuals are the best you know gauge right now as to what they people chose in the first round. Yeah, most likely. I think that makes sense. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think, you know, I'm interested to see where that comes in. I think I would guess Aaron Jones would be the highest owned after he dropped, what was it, 30 points, 40, 40 points? It was like an insane game. Um, so, yeah, shout out to you for having him in your first lineup and, you know, kind of sticking with your guns there. I think that that's, will probably prove to be pretty fruitful for you going forward. Um, anything else in this game before we move on to the next one? No, I don't think so. It's mid-January, folks, and I don't know how your New Year's resolutions are holding up. Mine are eh, but that's where Factor Meals comes in. Skip the grocery stores, meal prep, cleanup. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your doorstep. This week, I have my eye on the queso fundido with cilantro cauliflower rice. I can still satisfy my cheesy Mexican cravings with gooey queso savory ground beef, and tender cilantro cauliflower rice. It's all still healthy and nutrition-packed. Another great thing about Factor is it's flexible, which is great for busy families. Change up your order each week with plans from 4 to 18 meals, and you can even pause and reschedule. To get started, head to factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50. Use code mostaccurate50 to get 50% off. That's code mostaccurate50 at factormeals.com slash mostaccurate50 to get 50% off today. Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. And now you can score even more pizza with your pizza. It's easy. Just order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and become eligible for instant win prizes. And best of all, you pick the toppings you crave. I attended a live Scott Fishbowl draft over the summer and was convinced by a friend to try Little Caesars pretzel stuffed crust pizza with cheese sauce. And no hyperbole, it changed my life forever. Either way, everyone wins with Little Caesars convenient delivery or in-store pizza portal pickup. 
You can even pay for your pizza on the Little Caesars app and have your friends grab it on their way over to watch the game. That's how you enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Pizza, pizza. Well, let's move on to, let's see here. I have, I think we'll, we'll say with Saturday. Texans-Ravens is pretty interesting. So let's start with the Texans here. Um, you know, absolutely crushed the Browns. So much to the so to the point that we didn't even need to see a full CJ Stroud. So much so that he didn't even need to pass the ball. But he was having a ton of success doing so when he did against a, a Browns defense that's among the best in the league here. And now we have the matching up against the Ravens here. The Ravens will be without their top cornerback, Marlon Humphrey. They play a ton of zone against zone. CJ Stroud is completing around 70% of his passes, 12 to two touchdown interception ratio, like averaging over eight yards per attempt has been, I mean, stellar. He doesn't have his full array of weapons without Tank Dell, but still has Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, Brevin Jordan. We'll have, you know, I think we saw Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson kind of step up a little bit here. So I'm kind of interested in this Texans team. Uh, You know, I did play some plus nine and a half here for them. Uh, and I know this isn't a betting show, but I do think that matters. You know, if you think that this team can stick around versus um, not stick around at all. So I think that Nico is a, I mean, awesome play, but he'll probably be super highly owned. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can get to CJ Stroud because there are so many other good quarterbacks, but any thoughts here on the Texans? Uh, on the Texans, I'm thinking Nico, but I, you know, I, it's very chalky at this point, given, you know, he played well in the first uh, game uh, and, there isn't not a whole other a lot of options in this offense. Uh, you could could go Stroud, but as you mentioned, you probably want a quarterback that's going to play in the Super Bowl, and they would be pr- pretty big dogs, I think, if they're playing at Kansas City or Buffalo if they were happen to win this game. Um, Dalton Schultz, but he didn't. You know, if it was a Jake Ferguson type game, he was coming off of uh, you know two or three touchdowns. Maybe you could talk yourself into Dalton Schultz, but that'd be a little bit tougher for me. Uh, Devin Singletary, you know, the Ravens have a pretty good rush defense. I don't know that he's going to have a ton of success either. So for me, it's really uh, Nico Collins, uh, you know, lock him in the lineup and then try to find your uh, variation elsewhere. Yeah. And I think we've got a good question here in the chat. 100% agree with CMC and Jones. Assuming you'll be recommending Lamar Jackson, Alice QB. But like, what point do we get unique here to differentiate? Maybe we talk about this at the end here after we go team by team. But I think that there will be, you know, some more spots to differentiate. Uh, and I mean, maybe it's with the Ravens here. And I think that that's kind of one of those things is like, if you're not playing Lamar, who do you play? No Mark Andrews just announced out. Are you interested in Zay Flowers? I mean, Odell Beckham, there's been a kind of narrative street thing on Twitter this week of like, they were saving him for the playoffs. You know, he could, anytime he's played and played more, he's been awesome to be honest, but like, he's so fragile that I think that they haven't really been playing him much during like a four wide receiver rotation. If he does play more, I think he's somewhat viable, but I'm just a little bit skeptical of playing anyone other than Lamar here. I agree. And I, I would only not play Lamar if you think that Baltimore is going to lose this game or has a real shot to lose this game. So I think in your position, if you think that you, you told me in Slack that you think the Ravens might lose this one, there's a good chance. I do. And <laughs> let me, let me, let me defend myself real quick on that. So a couple things here. So I already talked about how the Texans might have some success against the Ravens. The Ravens run defense also is like, you know, bottom 10 or so in, in run run defense success rate. They're not like a, some world beater on the ground, which I think matters for the Texans too, to kind of be able to set up the pass a little bit. On the other side though, this Texans defense, you know, shout out to Noonan, by the way, pointing me this article that they did at PFF. Basically they were the, the second half of last week, they were rotating their safeties uh, post snap and like basically playing all these unique uh, formations that confused Flacco and led to multiple picks. And 
I don't think they're super good. Like the Texans don't have a good defense, but D'Amico Ryans and that kind of, you know, defense there are, are able to, I think, maybe confuse Lamar enough that it matters. Also, their run defense is awesome. Run defense, first in rushing success rate allowed. Against RPOs, 2.7 yards per carry. Against runs out of the gun, 3.9 yards per carry, which is first. So like all of these things that the Ravens do well offensively, the Texans are kind of equipped to handle on the ground. And then if they can, they're not going to be good on a play-to-play basis on the secondary. But from like the confusion standpoint of maybe they get a pick, maybe they cause havoc, I think that's possible. So again, you know, I am 100% the contrarian here. The market is 10. This is one of the most liquid markets that you'll find in sports betting. And there are, you know, millions of dollars telling me that I'm wrong. But I think there's also plenty of people who are agreeing that I'm right. So um, that's kind of my hot take there. And I played a lineup accordingly. You know, I'm, I'm going with someone that's not Lamar. But that being said, if you think that the Ravens win, you have to play Lamar. Uh, I just wanted to piggyback on what you said about the Ravens' rush defense. I said that they were pretty good. They, they're 109 yards per game allowed, which is middle of the pack. 4.5 yards per carry, which is high. But they've only given up six rushing touchdowns, so that's kind of my, you know, that's anti. Why, yeah. That's my anti mm-hmm. uh, Devin Singletary take because I was thinking from a fantasy points per you know game standpoint. Um, yeah, I don't know where else to go other than Lamar though. Like the the whole Mark Andrews thing. If it, if he was playing, you could make the case there, but you don't like if you go Zay Flowers, and you, I think you really need them to lose. You know, Zay Flowers or Gus Gus Edwards or a Justice Hill or an Odell or something or an Isaiah Likely. You need them to lose, so that's that's your only play because I think you know it's just so unlikely that if they play two or three games, anybody's going to outscore Lamar. And he's, you know, if they win, he's going to do well. So, yeah, totally agree, uh, and that's uh, definitely a concern. So, if you're firing multiple lineups, I will have one just kind of fading. I had Andrews in there, uh, and so obviously I'm kind of shifting this around right now. For now, I'll probably put likely. I think the matchup's good. We talked about it briefly before here, but you know. Average 58 yards per game uh, without Mark Andrews, not including the week 18, 18, yeah, week 18 game where the starters kind of played. They were like in and out. He had 80% plus route participation weeks, uh, you know, 11 through 17. So super involved, seeing a ton of targets was, you know, crushing there. So I think that that's kind of a unique angle uh, specifically, but um, I, again, it's, it's pretty thin, but you know, you got to find a way to differentiate a little bit. So that's kind of one of the ways that I like to, um, all right, I think we touched on most of the Texans and Ravens stuff here. Anything else from you there? No, let's move on to Sunday. Cool. All right, Bucks Lions. We'll start with the Bucks team here. This is really interesting for me because the Lions, since their week week nine by, are allowing 299 passing yards per game. They're 30th in passing success rate allowed, dead last in EPA per play allowed. They're a little bit healthier than they were during that time, which I think could make a difference. You know, CJ Gardner Johnson kind of came back late, but. I don't know. They're still not that good. I mean, like they're allowing like Nick Mullins and people to throw for 350, 400 yards. I think they're fine at best. But then you have them matching up against a Bucks team with Baker Mayfield, who's been playing some of the best football of his career. Mike Evans, who had multiple drops, but could have easily had 120 yards and multiple touchdowns. And then, you know, Chris Godwin's kind of being more involved. You have <laughs> the ghost of David Moore coming out of nowhere uh, to, to run some meaningful routes and Trey Palmer still there too. Like, I don't know. I think that they kind of have some success passing the ball here specifically. Like I think Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are both very live, but Rashad White could catch like seven or eight balls here too, because we've seen Dave Canales skew a little bit more pass heavy against teams that have bad pass defenses and good run defenses, which is exactly what the Lions have. So are, are, is your head kind of in the same place here? I'm interested to hear where you're at with the Bucks. 
yeah, so I think that these the Sunday games are where we can get some variation if you kind of go chalky on Saturday with with uh, Lamar Jackson, CMC, Jones, and uh, who is the who is the fourth? Oh, Nico Collins. So if you happen to pick those four and don't want to, you know, pick anybody else, uh, maybe you take the second or third option. You know, less chalky options for these other games, and you can get a kind of a you know different lineup that way. I think specifically for the Bucks. Evans is probably the chalk. He was the chalk in round one. Uh, he didn't have the, that great of a game, 40-something yards, even though Baker, I think I texted you, Baker had three-something. Three and then, uh, you know, Evans and Godwin both under 50 yards passing, which was just crazy. Um, I mean, this game sets up really well for the Bucks passing game. So if you don't want to go Evans, who ha- obviously has the most upside, you know, Godwin is interesting as the number two option. Uh, even Kate Otten coming off the huge game. You could maybe roll him out there if you really want to get risky in a one-game sample in tight end premium. He might get you there. I mean, a seven for hundred or something would, might be the highest scoring player on this team. I think Rashad White is actually uh, kind of a sneaky play based based on the uh, the matchup. I mean, the the Lions are tough against the run, uh, but he does catch passes. So if they do, you know, throw him four or five, six passes, he's going to rack up some points as well. He's not going to be the chalk, I don't think. He was only twenty percent owned in the first. Uh, game uh, the first round and uh, Mike Evans was 40 plus so um, so that's where I think I would probably go as one of these you know if you want to kind of differentiate go with Godwin White probably White but Godwin would even be even sneakier because he could really go off and have a big game uh, if they're focused on Evans stopping Evans yeah no, that's, that's a great point there could have a, a massive game too plus he's rotating inside and outside so I think that's kind of big for Evans too because the Lions, technically in the current iteration, I believe, have Brian Branch playing on slot a lot. And so he's technically, you know, I guess at this point, their best corner or one of. So, you know, that makes sense to me that you probably don't want to be locking in the slot guy there specifically. But, yeah, I agree. I think that if I differentiate elsewhere, I'll probably be putting in Evans because I do think he has the most upside. But if I don't, I think, like you said, a Godwin here, maybe a K-Dotten makes sense, especially if you think that they lose. He could certainly get enough. The usage there, I mean, he plays all the time. He just they just haven't really passed like a, a ton and like he hasn't really been super involved. But now you have them in my mind. I think they're gonna pass 35, 40 times in this spot. Um, you know, he's gonna see probably five, six, seven targets. And it is a weird if you look at the tight ends remaining from these teams, if we're not taking, you know, anybody from Packers, uh, Ravens, uh, 49ers, or the Texans, you might want to just plug, you know, you could plug Otten in and then you don't have to worry about the tight end spot. And that's kind of a you're de- definitely gonna be different with without net tight end so oh yeah that's an option yeah no that's a great that's a great call there and then i think the lions have a little bit more i don't know value i guess at this point than i thought last week so i think last week we're looking at uh amon ross st brown as being like the massive massive chalk and i believe he was um and then now we're in a spot where he i think what did he have 12 catches against them last time basically we we know you know we've heard this constantly throughout the week the bucks like to blitz they blitz the eagles over 60 percent of the time uh, Jared Goff struggles against when teams blitz and get pressure. That's the key. They need to get pressure. When he was under pressure against the Bucks last time, completed two of eight passes for 23 yards. Um, but he also had his quickest time to throw of the season. He also had its low, one of his lowest A dots of the season. So he's getting the ball out quick. Like he knows they know that that's going to be the key there, which in my mind lines up pretty well with Amon Rossi Brown. But I think with Laporta a little bit healthier, I don't, first of all, I don't know how he played. I mean, that was unbelievable, but he looked, I mean, he looked spry. He was, was mostly a decoy, but he, when he caught the ball, he was moving pretty well. So 
I think he's a little bit more live than we thought last week. And then if you really want to get crazy, like if you think that the Lions lose, Jamison Williams, I don't think is completely outrageous. Um, but I mean, we're looking at like a 1% play there. So like, that's like, you haven't differentiated anywhere else. And that's probably the move. Yeah. Laporta uh, ran uh, 24 routes uh, on 30 pass attempts for Goff. Uh, so he was pretty much out there. I think, I think the mentioning, you know, you mentioned about the blitz also plays into his hands. So this is a, like, I don't, he was only 1% owned because I think he, you know, coming off any injury, nobody wanted to play him. One, 1.8, 1.83% owned in the $200. That'll probably be a little bit higher. Uh, but, you know, I think Amon Rasset Brown will be the absolute chalk. He's, he was at 78%. I would expect that to be pretty high, over 60% for sure. And this is a pass funnel Bucks defense. So I think you're kind of looking at those two, at least I am, in terms of who to play. And again, this is a tight end you could play. Uh, and, you know, two-game sample, he might outscore Amon Ross St. Brown. What do you think about yeah, that? It, yeah, no, it's – I don't mind it. I think that that's a probably a solid look. Um, we have another comment here in the chat from, I don't know, Dilly Dilly, I'm assuming. Uh, in the $200 playoff, full playoffs challenge, Evans was 43% owned, White 20%. You mentioned that. Lions pass, he is trash, so Evans feel like the play, but White catch a ton of checkdowns. Yeah, total, I mean, totally agree. I think that's um, pretty on par there. The interesting thing about the whole, like, players versus the blitz thing is because there's like two different routes that teams use. So like sometimes tight ends versus the blitz crush because they basically like chip and then like catch a quick pass, but sometimes they just max protect and then they just stay in and run like five routes. Happened with Cole Komet plenty of times. Happened kind of with Dallas Goddard last week. Like he was just used to block a bunch. And then same with the running backs. Like, uh, you know, we, we've seen it time and time again, like sometimes running backs need to like run out for a quick pass. Sometimes they just like stay in and block. And so deciding which one that's going to be, I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough, but I think that could be pretty key here for seeing what we get from this Lions team. Jameer Gibbs also has been uh, a lot better pass blocking as the season went on. So I would not be surprised to see more of him. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, David Montgomery is, is pretty, would be pretty unique here. Um, the ceiling is very game script driven. Uh, Lions win round pound the rock type of game. That's see, that's that's tough is because I don't see it being that type of game here against the Bucks with you know top five in run D DVOA over the last five weeks. They're just like really coming in their form run D wise. And we saw um what was it against in the first time they played, Goff had 43 pass attempts and they won 20 to six. David Montgomery got hurt early. Jamie Gibbs didn't play, but even before that, they had 12 dropbacks, seven rush attempts. So I think they're already kind of skewing that way as is. I just want I just want to mention on the the, the routes run for Laporta because uh, you were talking about whether or not he might stay in and block. Right. He's not he has not run le- other than his injury game against Minnesota. Uh, he has not run less than twenty two routes uh, this season. So they have yeah. him running routes for, <laughs> for the most part. They're not using him to block, which is probably smart. So I think he's like the you know different like my favorite you know differential play. Um, and then St. Brown's the obvious smash, but I, I can't get behind the two running backs because of the uh, the matchup. I just think that the way that they're going to move the ball is through the air. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, like even Jameer Gibbs seems thin because it's not like he's been a consistent producer in the receiving game. Like he's been really hit or miss. Like some games, they very clearly make it a priority. Some games they don't give a shit. Like they just, whatever, he runs a couple routes, maybe he throws it to him, maybe they don't, but he's not like their main go-to guy here. So um, yeah, I think that's probably the player. Laporta could be getting some good leverage. Uh, all right. Last game, Chiefs, Bills. 
this game's exciting. We're looking at the Chiefs right now as three-point underdogs. One of the last, you know, a few times that Mahomes is an underdog in the playoffs or just at all in his career. Um, I, in my one lineup right now, I have Patrick Mahomes in the lineup because I think that the Chiefs are going to win. And I think that they can probably run the ball, but I also, I think we both thought that they were going to come out pounding the rock the entire game. And they did not last week against Miami in frigid weather, weather against a team that has not been super good against defending the run. I mean, they came out through it over 40 times with Mahomes and like they ran the ball at the end, but I mean, they're, they're already up. So it was one of those things where maybe it's just Patrick and maybe it's just the chief saying, unless this is like the worst running team defense in the league, we're just going to pass the ball whenever we want. And so I think that we could see decent production from Mahomes. And if they win, I think you're really live here with a contrarian quarterback where Josh Allen and Lamar are probably going to be the two highest known. So I think that's viable, but you know, we saw Rasheed Rice go off at like 8%, 10% last week. We did discuss that, which was awesome. I don't think I have him in my team. That's the best right now in my other team. So, you know, I guess it, I probably should have played 10 lineups, you know, based on what we were talking about. Maybe we could have gotten one with Puka, Aaron Jones and Rasheed Rice and all that. But I'm mean, where are you at with the Chiefs this week? Because I know you were pretty pro Pacheco last week. And I, I still am. I think he's going to be a good play this week. Uh, but, you know, if I would have known that he was going to be 38% uh, owned and uh, Rice was only going to be at 10%, I would have probably flipped that. But we also had that weird weather situation. Uh, and it looked like the Chiefs just didn't care. Like they just came out. 0%. And, yeah, they, they did not uh, DGAF uh, about the the temperatures, uh, which yeah. was like, wasn't it like the coldest game? Like, yeah, one of the coldest games, like yeah. yeah, like like ever. I mean, it was like negative thirty with the wind chill. It was it was negative twenty eight with wind chill in Chicago a couple of days later, and I like spent less than five minutes outside. I was like, I don't know how these people are functioning. And I had all the tough guys in my mentions. I tweeted that I had tough guys in my mentions being like, oh well, they're not soft like you, you know, like they're yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I'm like, oh, all right, all right, you know, like grow up. But Classic you did Twitter. you did see it with some drops. Uh, in the game, like yeah. there was uh, Kelsey dropped a couple that nor he normally would catch, and you did see it affect it, but they just didn't care. They just kept kept throwing until they figured it out, and I think that totally uh, threw off uh, the defense. So, um, I you know I think uh, right now I, I'm thinking Pacheco, but you know this is a this is a place where this is the Bills are one where you can definitely get some variation because you've got you know, the, the most likely player is going to be Josh Allen. Uh, and then that's probably the chalk. And then you've got Diggs, um, Cook uh, on that side of the ball, Kincaid. So when you're looking at the Chiefs, it's like, do you go Kelsey as a tight end in a, in a kind of a weird year for tight end? Like right now, I discussed this earlier. It's like, who we play at tight end? Because that's the one spot you have to have to fill in, a, you know, other than quarterback and um, Rice. Uh, Pacheco, I think those are your three options as pass catchers, and then Mahomes is interesting. Like I, so you have gone, you kind of you you got a one Allen lineup and you got one Lamar lineup in the first round, but now you but now you kind of think Mahomes is going to make the Super Bowl or he's going to at least get to get to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean that their is, defense I, is just playing awesome. I mean they're they have a running game. Like I I'm I'm very the more and more that I break into down this game, I, I like the Chiefs. So. Um, I think that they yeah, win here, and then I mean, I I think that they're as good as the Ravens uh, and better than the Texans. So I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think this both these both these teams is where you get some variation. So you know, for me, I'm looking at Pacheco again. I just feel like his workload is the safest. But we saw last week how 
uh, Rice's upside in any given week is significantly higher, uh, despite the weather. I mean, we're going to have another cold game, but it's not going to be quite as terrible as it was in Kansas City. Yeah, we got a comment here. In a Bills loose scenario, dare I say Shakir. Um, I will say Gabe Davis is out. Um, Stefan Diggs, the Chiefs are allowing the fewest yards per game to opposing wide receiver ones. Only two wide receivers, even wide receiver ones, have even uh, like cleared 63 yards against them. And that was Devontae Adams and Amon Ra, who had 73, 71 yards. They held like Tyreek well under. They held Stefan Diggs himself, even without Legarius Sneed previously. So there's a lot of different ways where I think that. Maybe it's the ancillary guys for the Bills that are getting there. Maybe it's a Dalton Kincaid. Maybe it's a Khalil Shakir. I think that you would have to play the rest of the chalk uh, and then play Shakir because uh, I don't think that – I mean, it's super, super contrarian. I would say probably sub 1% uh, is what you're talking about there. So if you really need to uh, – you know, I prefer to differentiate elsewhere, but I think my lineup is also a little bit wild too. So you know, I totally understand that um, you, know, you might need to get a little bit weird here. But looking at the – Bills, I think both of you and I were interested in James Cook before this Kansas City team. Like, they're a run funnel. Um, you know, like their pass defense is awesome, second in success rate. Their run defense is like bottom five to 10 in most metrics, depending on what you're looking at from an efficiency standpoint. And so, I think that the Bills kind of come out and run the ball a bunch, like we saw almost against Dallas, like trying to gate some of the edges that maybe pressure or pass defense can force. And like last time these teams played, we saw. 40-something pass attempts from both teams. But I could easily see Joe Brady being like, this is the strength of our team at this point. We're going to lean into the run and try and dominate there. So I could see just like a pretty mild game from Josh Allen here, whereas I think James Cook could maybe have a touchdown or two. Um, but Josh Allen's just such a threat in the red zone, you know, with his legs. Like, it's kind of tough to get away from that. But I will be fading Diggs. Uh, I don't know. Did you – what did you say you have here? Do you have Cook or do you have Diggs? I, this is one of those where I'm still deciding, trying to see, yeah. if, you know, I, I, I kind of lean cook based on what you're saying. They are run, uh, run funnel, the, the chiefs. And if you're looking at the Ravens in the AFC championship game, and you think that the bills are going to win, then cook should have a good game against the Ravens as well. That, as we mentioned, maybe the you know, touchdowns, maybe not as important. Uh, you can get one, maybe catching the ball. I don't know, but you know, you, if you don't have Josh Allen to pick from, it's, it's a little dicey. I think Kincaid is interesting. Uh, and I would rather play Kincaid to differentiate than Shakir, but that's it's he's chalkier. I'm sure with uh, with um, Njoku off the board, Goddard off the yeah. board. Those are two of your top three. So you've got Kelsey likely, and then Kincaid are the next three probably, unless you've got Kittle or Laporta. Laporta might be jump up. So I'm yeah. just trying to think about who would be the the you know the Kincaid I had in there for a while. My lineup I'm I've been kind of moving things around as we've been talking, and I pulled him right now for Laporta, and that that leads me to Cook I think for the Bills. But yeah, I think Kincaid's solid too. It's interesting because I think that the Chiefs have been really good against tight ends this year off the top of my head, but the way that they're using Kincaid is not like really a standard tight end. You know, they kind of use him in like a big slot. They move him around a little bit. He runs deeper routes sometimes, at least lately. So his current usage that we've seen has been outstanding, you know, especially from an ADOT perspective. Um, even with Dawson Knox, you know, I think that, that was a little bit of a scare there. And we saw his role decrease for a couple of weeks when he came back. But now in the playoffs, they're letting him loose. I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you're going to draft a guy that high, if you're going to, you know, hit, you have he's one of the best talents on the team at this point. Um, so he's got to be used as such. So I think he's viable um, as a contrarian play here. Again, I'm I, Diggs also didn't practice yesterday. 
limited today with still with an ankle issue. I mean, he might have sub 30 yards. I mean, I know it's outrageous, but I I really just don't think he saw a massive target share last week, but it was all like super low A dot stuff. So he had like seven for 52 um, you know, last week. So I think that if he does get there, it'll have to be like with a touchdown or two uh for Diggs to get there. So for yeah, me, that's I just I'm go for it. Yeah, I just want to mention Shakir, three for 31, a touchdown on three targets. So he was super efficient with a small role. Kincaid, three for 59, and a touchdown on six targets. And in the last two regular season games, he went over 80 yards receiving. So he's going to be chalkier than Shakir, but I think that's the pivot. If you're looking at one of these skill players, don't want to use Cook, uh, and you don't want to use Diggs, uh, I think he's I think he's the better play, especially you know given the tight end situation. For sure. Um, do you have a lineup built that you want to share? I can share mine too first if you're still, or if you're still going through it, you don't have to do it. And I think it's still kind of in flux, right? Yeah, it's still kind of in flux. And, you know, if this is the winning lineup, I don't want to give it off, you know, give, give, <laughs> give it over the air. Uh, but, you know, I think you guys could kind of piece together where I'm at with it. Some of the chalk on Saturday and then, you know, using those two games on Sunday to t- try to differentiate. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, as you guys know, I'm getting a little <laughs> bit wild here uh, with maybe some, you know, other Baltimore players not picking, you know, Lamar or Josh Allen, a quarterback. But again, I also already have one of those teams each from my previously. So it's kind of a hedge, kind of just a different approach here where I feel pretty good about if I was wrong earlier, you know, I, I should be right here, at least in some spots. And I think it'll put me in a pretty good spot here to potentially win some money. So, um, all right, before we hop off, we are going to build a prize pick slip here. It's a lot of it's already what we talked about. Um, but I do think that there are some good spots. And if you guys want to tail, you know, make sure to go to prizepicks.com slash accurate. You get a first deposit match up to $100. Super easy. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that prize picks is doing more handle than sports books in some states. Some states, I mean, just super easy platform. But let's start by building a slip here. I think your first one is with the Bucks here with the Rashad White, right? Yeah, the over-under on his uh, receiving yards is 22 and a half. He's averaged 32.3 this year. Um, he's missed that number in two straight. Uh, but before that he hit it in four straight and in 11 of 17 regular season games. And this is also, you know, probably a, a bet that the lions are going to lead in this one, which I would think would be the case. And, you know, the bucks are going to have to throw more than they would like to, and he should get some dump offs and should be able to clear this number 22 and a half. Seems low. Nice. Yeah, and no, I, I kind of agree there. It's one of those things that I haven't looked super, super hard into, but I do think is uh, definitely the right side here, especially considering, I mean, like, you just can't take, I don't think, any unders in that game because, like, we might just see, like, 40-plus pass steps from both quarterbacks. That, like, legit would not surprise me, in which case, like, any volume under your betting is basically dead. Any, you know, like, you're just, you have way less chance there. So um, I think the over there is probably the right look. My first one, we touched on it a little bit earlier. I like Jaden Reed over three and a half receptions. Uh, I mean, he literally hit this in eight straight games prior to last week where the Cowboys or where the um, Packers played a lot of 12 personnel. I mean, they just ran the ball a bunch. I think Jordan Love only had 21 pass attempts too. So like, of course, he's going to have like, you know, Jaden Reed's going to have some bad games, but in a game where I think it'll be at least be borderline, they will not be in positive game script. Game script. Like if they are in as much positive game script as they were, against the Cowboys, uh, the Packers probably win in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's like, that's where it's at. Um, so yeah, I think he, he probably sees five, six plus targets here in this spot. Um, as long as they're throwing the ball, which I expect them to as well. So yeah, I think that here at three and a half is a little bit too short considering what we've seen from him, like a massive sample. It just seems like an overreaction to have three and a half here instead of four, four and a half. 
Yeah, and the the third one for our play, uh, which I know I know you're not like endorsing as an actual play, but 87 and a half Russian receiving yards for Aaron Jones. I mean, he's he's gone over this number three straight or four straight games, uh, 120, 127, 120, 111. That's just rushing yards uh, last in the last three, not counting the uh, the playoff game. Obviously, he, I don't have the number off the top of my head here. It looks like he had 118. So. Uh, he's clearing it just with, with rush, uh, or he has now the 49ers are a different animal. Uh, but you did mention, uh, you, you had some 49er numbers in terms of the rush defense is not as great as people. Yeah. Think. It was so, like 20th in rushing success rate or something like that. I, I'll double check that right now, but it was, it was not, I mean, it's relatively underwhelming. Yeah. And I think it's partly because they have the fewest. Yeah. They have the fewest rush attempts regular season against them. Uh, it's because they're jumping out to positive game script and and you know having the other team having to play catch up. I think that the the Packers are running the ball really well. They're going to stick with it even if they get down a touchdown or two. Uh, and even if they do abandon the run, he has the ability to, you know, get this in one play as a receiver. Uh, you know, obviously that'd be a, a freaky play, but you know he he will be involved no matter what uh, the game script is. I think he'll he'll be involved as a receiver as well. Um, so I like it at 87 and a half. I think that's a that's an easy number for him to hit if he's continuing to get 20 plus touches per game. Yeah, no, it's, again, it's not something that I love because I don't love betting running back overs, but with the receiving component, I think that's like the key there is that, you know, it's kind of neutral. I mean, they're going to try and run the ball at first. Like I, I, I definitely think that that's going to be kind of their focal point. I expect the Niners to put a lot of pressure on them to pass eventually. And so that's kind of skewed my thoughts to make you a little more fragile. But I do think that the receiving component is massive. Like if they fall behind, I mean, Aaron Jones could have like 50 receiving yards. Uh, and so getting there on the ground and you know, 35, 40 rushing yards is still nothing, even if they fall behind. So I think that's a good look. I double checked the stat. Niners are 24th in rushing success rate allowed this season, including the wild card weekend. Um, you know, again, Cowboys were last heading into last week. So I think the Niners have been better uh, as of late, like post by, I think that's probably where I grabbed the 20th from um, just because, you know, they're getting a little bit healthier. They, uh, you know, just started playing a little bit better, but I think that's, uh, you know, it's an interesting look. I think if the, Packers are able to keep it close, like probably on the back of Aaron Jones. Yeah, they the uh, 49ers coming off of basically a two-week bye, right? So they're healthy. Yeah. But are they gonna be rusty? Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. I mean, it's certainly <laughs> interesting. Um, I will I one last bit on the Baltimore section here. The last time that we saw Lamar off of a bye, 10 point favorites at home against the Titans, oh, lost no. outright by 14. Um, oh. I mean, it's a different scenario. Obviously, the Titans are not the Texans, things like that. The Niners and Packers, you know, maybe not direct comparisons there, but you we've seen it before. I mean, teams like you don't play in a game situation, maybe you're a little bit rusty for a quarter or so. Um, I don't know, could happen. Um, all right, well, before we, I didn't you know prep you for this, but before you log off, you got a you got a Super Bowl pick for us, like uh, who's gonna be in the Super Bowl, like as it stands today. Well, my brain is telling me Ravens, 49ers, uh, you know, all year they've been the class of their respective conferences. Um, but my heart, now I'm going to, I'm going to go Packers and I'm going to go <laughs> with it. your, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. What a, what a matchup that it. would that be? Yeah. I'm going to go with your Patrick Mahomes wins at Buffalo and then either host the, the Texans or wins at Baltimore. So let's do that. Yep. Yeah, love it. That's a lot of fun. I'm going to go with uh, Niners and Chiefs. So, uh, 
pretty close there. I know, I know, I know. I know. They're, <laughs> the Niners are just such so good. I mean, it's just maybe you know maybe I'm sipping the Kool Aid too much, but uh, it's I don't know. I, I thought the Cowboys were pretty good too, and they totally Packers just, money just line. Bad. Packers money line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing, awesome. Well, you know, appreciate you guys all tuning in, uh, John. A lot of fun again. Um, don't think we're going to be doing this again because there are no more contests, but uh, maybe do some more shows in the coming weeks for some prize picks only stuff, things of that sort here. Um, as always, uh, great time. And you can find us on Twitter at 44Football, at 44John, at Hunter Allen.